Here we go with the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. I'm happy to be with you, your host as always, Tyler Fessler. Rocking with you guys on a Wednesday evening. Hopefully you guys are listening to this Thursday or Friday as we prepare for what is to come in in week two of the Big Ten Football Conference. Man, so many things that we have on the docket today. We're going to be breaking down each and every game. Sorry, Maryland, last week, but we will be breaking down that game as well. Kind of keys to the game and uh, along with those betting lines. I know uh, that's been highly requested, so we'll be getting into into that and really... Uh, so much more. Like I said, we're going to get into into so much as far as the Big Ten football conference is concerned. A couple of things uh, right now. I was I was uh, on my way home from work today. I was driving, and I was thinking what I was going to talk about today. Obviously, I knew that that we'd be going over the the week two slate of games, and I'm like, I feel like I just did the week one recap right i i did it uh sunday night that's the one i always do it i'm like it is already wednesday we are almost like ready to go for the next weekend and i really hope football season doesn't go too fast i mean i look forward to every single weekend but man i'm like uh, it can't go too fast football is just so much fun and every year I, I, I say to my wife as I'm like, man, you know, I really like basketball. And then it kind of transitions into soccer and baseball season. I'm like, you know, I like soccer. Maybe I do like watching baseball and going to the ballpark, eating a hot dog. And then football comes back around. It's like, oh, oh no, no, that's, I, I know exactly what I like. So happy to be with you, with you guys. Just kind of a couple of thoughts. Let's just, my goal this season is just to live each week like it could be our last week of football. I'm just going to cherish every single game, every single FCS opponent that our teams are going to absolutely trounce. I'm going to cherish it. Um, but anyway, that's that kind of was my my initial thought as I was driving home this, this uh, evening and uh, happy to break these things down for you. So a couple of games we have on the slate. We have two games on Friday, and then the rest of the slate is for Saturday. So as always, for those of you who are new, we're going to be breaking down each individual game for the the weekend, uh, really looking for keys to the game. Right now, as far as preseason goes, we're really trying to get to know what these teams are doing, right? Week one, we have a very small sample size, you know, some anywhere between 40 to 70 or so plays, right? We don't really know these teams. After three, four weeks, we can kind of start to diagnose and start to see trends forming, right? Right now, just in college football in general, we've got a lot of hype with the Colorado Buffalo. We've got the Colorado Buffaloes on the schedule against Nebraska this week. Is the hype justified? That, those are the questions that we're going to have to ask ourselves. After one week, it's really hard to say. After two or three weeks of performances like that, it becomes a trend and it's something that we did talk about, right? Uh, so we're going to kind of get into into the trends, what we're really looking for, and then we can start really drilling down uh, the in-depth part of this podcast. But right now, as many times as I've watched uh, almost every single uh, spring season game that was televised and that I could find online, streaming and stuff like that, until you see live reps, until you see those t- those players on the field being put in you know certain situations, it's not the same. So we're going to kind of leave it at that, and then we're going to continue to follow the season-long trends going forward. So to start off, we have Indiana State taking on Indiana in state rivalry. Uh, really 
I'm excited. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, first time they met was back in 1925. They've played a few times since then. Uh, Indiana, the state, the Sycamores, they are in the FCS, I would say, as far as football goes, might be considered a little brother, I guess, to Indiana. Uh, Indiana being in the Big Ten, FBS, right? Uh, r- right now, just so you guys know, as far as when we're playing the, when we have these FCS games versus FBS, they're really weird. The sports books are really weird. Uh, a lot of them kind of let you set your own line and they kind of give you odds against it from what I've been able to see through the, the apps that I use. Uh, sometimes they'll release lines, you know, 24 hours, 12 hours before the game starts and so right now i don't have any lines i i only have the lines as far as uh you know what's live right now as far as uh fbs versus fbs so really there's really nothing too deep to go into as far as 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 betting goes as far as this game really i i want to see uh what indiana where's the offense going to come from now last week they played ohio state yes it was at home they still played them they only put up three points and ohio state didn't look super great now you might attribute that to indiana playing well but they didn't look like ohio state of old it looked like they needed a couple of weeks to kind of get the engine started and so indiana like was it indiana's fault or was it a lack of you know playmaking by ohio state that really put it there honestly i, I would probably I, I hate to do it but i probably say it'd be the latter of ohio state not making the place they need to so as i look forward to this this indiana uh indiana state game i think the hoosiers are going to dominate i think that's pretty predictable uh i believe uh, the sycamores they took on uh, eiu eastern illinois they got skunked it was zero to 27 i think it's going to be a similar result as far as this one goes uh really i think it's going to be uh 28 to zero as far as the you know final score and really what i want to see uh, out of indiana is where that offense is coming from can i see something that i can get excited about as a consumer right uh they went four and eight in 2022 two and ten in 2021 right now we've got you've got to get some hype now i understand this program has has not had as much football success as what other programs in the big 10 have they've only been to 13 bowl games all time and right and and to be honest tom allen's taking them to three so he's had he's had significant success here as far as indiana as a whole goes but you've got to get me excited if i'm a hoosier fan i'm sitting in bloomington indiana or across the great state of indiana i've got to be excited and so show me a couple playmakers. I don't care if, if like, if I'm a team, go 4-8, and eight, go 4-8. and eight, But at least let me have those one or two players that I can look for every single weekend. That's kind of what I'm thinking as far as Indiana goes. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a shutout. I think their defense is going to play great. 28-0, Indiana. Next game up might be, uh, honestly, there's three games that I'm really looking forward to, and this next game is one of them, and that is the uh, Illinois Fighting Illini going to Lawrence, Kansas on Friday night to take on the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, as I was kind of diagnosing this game, this game uh, I I really wanted to, to spend a little bit more time on really how I see uh, the fighting Illini right now and and where I see Kansas, I see these guys almost as mere images of each other, just Kansas one year behind them. So when uh, Brett Bielema took over in 2021, they ended up going uh, five and seven, right? Uh, the Illini had one of the best years that they had had. I mean, 2019, they did go to a bowl game. 
uh, prior to that, they had pretty much been skunked since 2014. So uh, when Lance Leopold took over the, the, the Jayhawk program and he got instant success in 2022, I mean, 2021, he went two and 10, uh, but really, you know, kind of just lifts this team out of, of where they were at. And, and, and Kansas has been notoriously just awful at football. Uh, I mean, it had been years. I mean, I remember, um, you know, Todd Reesing years when Kansas was was kind of fun to watch. But to be honest with you, for the majority of my lifetime, Kansas has you know, nothing to write home about as far as their football program goes. Uh, and then, you know, so Bradby Lima goes five and seven. Next year, they go eight and five. Lance Leopold, two and 10. Next year goes six and seven. I think that the rebuild, as far as Kansas is concerned, took a little bit more. Uh, I think it was a little bit, you know, farther gone as a program. I think Illinois, uh, where it's located, uh, the tr- tradition, uh, Brett Bielema having the success that he had had at Wisconsin and Arkansas, where Lance Leopold had only been at Buffalo prior to that. There are a lot of reasons, but I see Kansas as the image of Illinois. I think in the Big 12, Kansas is going to play great. They have Nevada, BYU, Texas, UCF, and Oklahoma State up next. I think they can win three, maybe even four games, but I don't think they're going to be Illinois. And why I say that is they're just a little bit behind. Uh, really, they started hot last year going 5-0 and and only being able to beat Oklahoma State down the stretch. So Illinois... Uh, I think that they're going to continue the momentum. I think Toledo was a trap game. I think it's more of an aberration. Uh, really, and, and again, this, these are where these trends happen. Now, if it's a close game, then we can see these trends kind of play out throughout the year. Uh, on the road is going to be difficult. I'm not going to take that away. But uh, Brett Bielema, at, as particularly here at uh, Illinois, he is 6-2 and two as an away dog, 21-15-1 and one on, on his career. So I'm going to, I, that's great numbers. Not a lot of people are good as away dogs. Brett Bielema is one of the few that, that is very good at that. Like I said, 6-2 and two just here at Illinois. I want to take Illinois to win. I bounced, you know, thoughts of it uh, with other people in the industry. I was like, do I take Kansas? To be honest, I, I have faith in Illinois. I think Toledo was a really good program. They got them on the first game of the season with, you know, yeah, they had off season to prep, but not really knowing the kids that were on that team. I'm going to go with uh, Illinois. I think it's going to be close. I'm not going to take anything away from that. I'm going to go 28-24 fighting Illini to topple the Jayhawks. Next couple games up, uh, we can kind of go a little bit quicker just because I don't think there's as much to say. But we do have Ohio State taking on Youngstown State and uh, Penn State taking on Delaware. Really, I think both of these games are, are very similar in the fact that we've got FCS, inferior FCS opponents playing against big dogs in Ohio State and uh, Penn State. Really, I want to, uh, as far as both of these teams are concerned, why I say we can kind of go quick is I we need to see the offensive side of the ball. Ohio State's offensive line did not look very good in the game against Indiana. It, they didn't. Against an Indiana team that, that they really should have beat a lot more than what they did, than, than what the scoreline uh, had, honestly. Uh, and then Penn State, yeah, in the end, they ended up getting West Virginia, but for the majority of the game, it was pretty close. And so uh, I I think both of these defenses are great. We've got to see where the production is coming on, on the offensive side of the ball. And really in September, offenses take a little bit lo- longer to develop. Uh, the play calls are a little bit more complex. The vernacular is a little bit more complex. Defense is, is, is a little bit more 
simple. Uh, it's a lot easier to just run and, and create havoc than running a perfectly timed route with your receivers and your quarterback You know, playing the pitch and catch game at, that we know we like to watch. So uh, I think both these teams win. Uh, I want to say Ohio State 38-0, and I think Penn State's going to be 42-7. to uh, Both teams have really interesting games, I guess, well, Penn State, a more interesting game. Uh, Ohio State takes on uh, Western Kentucky. Then two weeks, you have Ohio State's interesting game against Notre Dame. And then uh, Penn State takes on Illinois the week after. I don't think either one of these games are, or teams are going to be uh, caught looking ahead by any means. I think they take care of business in their perspective games. Uh, they are both played at uh, noon Eastern uh, on, on, on Saturday morning. Next game up, uh, we do have Purdue taking on Virginia Tech. Again, I did say at the beginning of this year, I didn't think Purdue was going to be very good. I thought that we were going to talk with them briefly uh, as far as the beginning of the year. I didn't think it was going to be a sustained long runway for this team. Uh, first year coach with no prior uh, head coaching experience is difficult in the Big Ten. Last week, they lost an ugly game against Fresno State. And to be honest with you, I think I couldn't think of a better matchup for Purdue at this time than Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech really hasn't had much to write home about. They Their last really good season, I would say, was 2017, maybe 2016 when they went 10-4. and four. Uh, But really, since since Frank Beamer left, it's been a whole lot of nothing. Uh, you know, they, they fired Justin Fuente and then went to Brent Pry. I think Purdue this year... Again, you've got to be able to see personality is or the is the message that is being sent or relayed to these players getting through. They may be inferior uh, or not as talented, but are they going to be able to make plays against stronger opponents? Really, I I this is a Big Ten podcast, and I really do love Purdue. I just don't think they have the the experience on the coaching staff, the experience as far as the players go to win this game in Blacksburg. I think that's the main indication. Right now, the line is minus three in favor of Virginia Tech. It went, I believe, as high as four and a half. Uh, I think it's going to be close through, I would say, three quarters. I think Virginia Tech just edges them out slightly in the end. Uh, and Purdue, again, first-year coach, first uh, you know road game it's going to be tough uh, and really I, I like I said we're going to be seeing the positives where we take away from Purdue are our drives are they going to be able to uh, if they get down by two scores to go down and make a touchdown or to force a turnover or to not shut down or if there is a turnover that they that, that they give away can their defense respond and hold them those are the positives that you're going to look for Purdue this year just because I don't think they're going to be competing uh, in, for the Big Ten title like they were last Last year, so that's where I see it. Uh, I think the score is going to be 27-21 in favor of Virginia Tech. Sorry, Purdue Boilermaker fans, I've got to be honest with you guys. Like I said, I'm always going to be genuine with you guys, as genuine as possible, and I just can't, in good conscience, bet on this Purdue team or put any money towards this Purdue team if they're not going to, uh, you know, if I don't have, you know, overall faith in in what's being. Uh, you know, coached and, and what I'm watching. Next game up is probably one of the most hyped games that we've had in a while. The fever pitch for the Colorado hype is reaching 
just absolute you know euphoria. We're we're talking about the Colorado taking on Nebraska. This is hated rivals. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, you know that that these two are rivals. I mean they're neighboring states, but uh, Boulder and Lincoln. I can I can't think of two completely different places uh, on the planet, to be honest with you. Uh, I've been to both really interesting places, uh, really totally opposite. Um, Nebraska does hold the edge 49, 20, and 2 in the overall series. Really what I'm looking for, uh, right now, I think Colorado, there's a lot of hype. We know that. Colorado right now needs to establish themselves as a dominant powerhouse, and they have absolutely zero experience in doing so. Now, that's not to say Dion isn't a great coach. I'm not. I'm not calling into question him. I'm not calling into question Shadur Sanders nor all of the the amazing transfers that that he has at Colorado. But right now, Matt Rule, he's a good coach. He's coaching these big games. He's coached in the NFL. I know that Dion has, has played in these games and, and stuff like that. But right now, Nebraska is playing with the utter confidence that they have absolutely nothing to lose. This Nebraska team just lost to Minnesota. They have not been to a bowl game since 2016. And even in 2016, 9-4, no one really thought they were going to be making a deep run at all. They were ranked 24th. It wasn't like they were top 10 in the nation. This program has been removed for so many years from success, and we know this Nebraska team is good. We know how much it means to the city of Lincoln. I honestly think that Nebraska is going to come out with a very unique game plan. I think that Colorado showed a lot in order to beat TCU. And honestly, I think Nebraska is going to beat them. No shots at Colorado. No shots at, at anyone in that organization. I like Colorado. I've been a bus fan since I grew up, I read a book uh, back when I was in high school. I was a cross-country runner uh, called Running with the Buffalo. I was sold on the idea of their coaching staff. I wanted to be a, a Colorado Buffalo. I, I later wasn't, but I wanted to. I love Colorado. But I think when you put a Nebraska team, Matt Rule coaching this team as well, in this particular situation where the line was plus 7.5 in for Colorado, right? Nebraska was favored by 7.5 points up until last weekend and of course Vegas is going to adjust the books but to then get a minus three in favor that is a crazy swing I don't think it's going to happen I think it's going to be a lot closer it's a rivalry game we've seen how this game ends and to be honest with you I'm going to go with Nebraska with the win 28-27 I think it's going to go go to overtime I think Nebraska's defense is going to slow down this offense I hope that Nebraska does it. I'm a Big Ten fan. You know that. I'm going to be pulling for them. This is going to be an absolutely phenomenal game. Cannot wait to get into it. Next couple games up, we have Michigan taking on UNLV and then Michigan State taking on Richmond. Again, not similar games, I guess. Again, I know that Sparty fans and Wolverine fans won't don't like me lumping them together. But really, uh, I mean, you can pretty much say verbatim what we said with Penn State in Youngstown State, uh, or Penn State and Ohio State playing Youngstown State in Delaware, uh, with Michigan State taking on Richmond. They should win. They should do it convincingly. And really, Richmond had an ugly game last week against Morgan State. Uh, so it really shouldn't be anything, any kind of struggle as far as uh, Michigan State is concerned. I think that they get the win. I think that they do it handedly. Uh, and they get the win. I want to go with 35-3. Uh, as far as Sparty, and Sparty takes on Washington, the week after 
despite that could be you know a potential look ahead game uh that's the game that we're really going to drill down on you know sparty's got to get some points let's see where their offense is where their defense is and i think it's going to be a you know a pretty big blowout uh, as far as michigan goes i was surprised that uh they didn't put up more points last week against east carolina obviously uh you know jim harbaugh not being there you know with the the self-imposed ban and stuff like that uh and unov historically not being a good program whatsoever as i look at uh as i look at this uh, unlv the last few years have been able to score points they have a good offense it's their defense that fails them barry odom uh the first year head coach uh he used to be at missouri back in 2016 to 2019 i'm not saying that unlv is going to win i think it's going to be closer than what the odd makers predict the line has been running uh i believe it started at 34 if i'm not mistaken and it's up to at some books 37 uh right now um, a lot of them have it at 36 and a half i think unlv uh, i i think what it's going to happen is a lot like last weekend uh michigan's going to get up big on them and then they're just going to kind of play their backups let you know kind of go through the motions unlv might get a touchdown or two i want to go 42 14 uh in favor of uh michigan winning i, I think i want to eat the points with unlv uh you know plus 37 or plus 36 and a half depending on on what you get that at uh, i don't think michigan covers i could be wrong but until harbaugh's back i just don't see them them covering these massive numbers in the big house and we're kind of hedging because last weekend no one no none of these big uh numbers covered so we're going to kind of hedge our bets here. Next up, we have Iowa State taking on Iowa, one of my favorite rivalries uh, for the Cyhawk Trophy. Really, this game comes down, it's a war of attrition. It really is whose defense is going to get tired <laughs> first. It comes down to, to special teams, who gets a first down, where does the punt land, and stuff like that. This matchup has been just historically low, low, low scoring. I love this. I mean, you look back in 18. 13 to 3 in 19, 18, 17, in 21, uh, 27 to 17, last year 7 to 10. Really, it's going to be more of the same. We know exactly what this matchup is going to be. It's going to be an utter slugfest. Uh, I'm going to go 17 14. Right now, the line's Iowa minus 4. Uh, I don't think. The I, I didn't see it with the Hawkeyes against Utah State to say that they should be favored by anything more than three. If if you you know if it was three, maybe I would be taking Iowa in this in this situation. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a slugfest, and I'm going to absolutely love it. Uh, like I said, seventeen fourteen in favor of Iowa. Next game up, we have uh, another interesting game that I want to touch on. We have Northwestern taking on UTEP. Similarly with Purdue, Northwestern, and, and not not in a rude way, but some of these teams kind of get you know pushed to the side just because we start getting these these national stories. We get to follow uh, you know Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois as they're chasing you know uh, New Year's Six bowls and and so on and so forth. Northwestern is not going to be in that situation. Uh, they looked downright atrocious against Rutgers. I, I honestly don't think there was anything that I could really take away from it. Just that, hey, I'm glad this game is over. Now they're taking on UTEP and Northwestern right now is underdogs, which is crazy to me. This is a UTEP team who just lost to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, this is technically their first year uh I think it's their second techni technical transition year, but their first year in FBS where they're going to be playing as Conference USA Slate. They lost to them. They have 
an extra week of film. UTEP did not play good against an FCS team Incarnate Word. And Incarnate Word's good, but not you know, UTEP level. They should be able to, the UTEP should have been able to beat them. Uh, I think Dana Dimmel is a great coach at UTEP, but right now I'm, I want to ride with our Wildcats until they prove me, prove me otherwise that they can't get the dub. I want to ride with them. I know that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of things happening in the program, They're trying to find their footing, They're trying to find a personality and identity, but giving UTEP a point and a half when it's at home in Evanston, Illinois, against a Big Ten opponent versus a Conference USA opponent is just downright dis- disrespectful. I think I think they're going to surprise us. I don't know, 21-17 in favor of Northwestern. I just think they're going to be, I just think their players, their overall talent is just better. I could get absolute crap for this. Uh, we'll see. We'll adjust what happens. But I want to be taking Northwestern uh, 21-17. Next game up, uh, not much to talk about. Similarly to the FCS uh, teams, uh, I think Maryland, uh, we didn't really dive into the Towson game. Really, Maryland doesn't have a super interesting game until the 23rd against Michigan State. They take on Charlotte, followed by Virginia. Uh, they absolutely blew out Charlotte last year, 56-21. to Now, it was, um, if I remember correctly, it was pretty close through a couple quarters before Maryland just absolutely put the hammer down. I think it's going to be similar. I think it's going to be close through, you know, maybe half uh charlotte i believe has like espn following them for a documentary or or something crazy like that so i think it might be close through half but i think maryland uh ends up really just ramping it up i want a 35 7 in favor of maryland uh you know i think it could be you know 17 to 7 at halftime or or 14 7 and then they really put the hurt on them in the second half Uh, but like i said i think maryland gets the win against charlotte i even teaser for next week i think they get the win against virginia and really they're looking forward to that game on the road against sparty uh, on the 23rd just three games left the next game up we have Rutgers taking on Temple uh, really I think Rutgers beaten I know it was against Northwestern I know that a lot of people are going to put a lot of caveats with that win but hey they got the win they got another Big Ten win uh, they hadn't got a I mean they got a win against Indiana last year uh, and so they only had one Big Ten win, so they already tied for Big Ten wins last year. Uh, and I know that the Temple is not a Big Ten opponent. I think they're going to be able to win. They beat Temple last year. They beat him the year before that. I think they're going. Uh, they they know what this team is capable of. Now, last year it was close, sixteen to fourteen. Year before it was sixty-one to fourteen. I think it's going to be more uh, in favor of the twenty twenty-one result. Uh, I think that this Rutgers team with their their dynamic uh, quarterback and the defense that is able. To see, I think there's an overall better team, and and as I'm looking at it, you know, we've, they've got Virginia Tech next week. We've already talked about them, them playing Purdue right now. This team could be three and zero going into the Michigan game. Now, I don't think they're going to beat Michigan, but then they have Wagner next. They, I mean, this team very well could be, you know, three and one going into Wisconsin, which would be an utter, you know, a total accomplishment for for this football team. Uh, then you're thinking, hey, can we get three wins elsewhere? Now, I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but I really do like this Rutgers team. I think they're going to beat Temple. Uh, my prediction: thirty-one twenty-one in favor of the Scarlet Knights. Final two games. Here we go. We've got Minnesota taking on Eastern Michigan. Now, the game against, uh, you know, Nebraska was just kind of a weird game. It is hard starting the season as far as, uh, you know, with a, with a conference opponent. Uh, looking at, you know, the... 
the the spread and, and looking at Eastern Michigan, looking at Minnesota. Minnesota's offense was just was just didn't have it. Maybe you could say again it was Nebraska's defense. We've got to see where this offense. You've got to generate offense if you are the Minnesota Golden Gophers, especially with PJ Fleck. He's been known to have good offenses. Really, as I'm I'm looking at this game, I think that Minnesota is going to win. I have no doubt that they're not going to beat uh, Eastern Michigan. Uh, I think it's gonna be a little bit closer than what the experts think right now. The line sitting at 20 and a half. Um, I believe you can get 21 at some books as I'm kind of looking through some of these uh, books here. But 20 and a half is a lot of points. Again, I'm I'm a little bit weary of these giant numbers right now just because last weekend none of them hit all of them uh they covered the the lower team covered so we're going to see if that trend continues we're going to follow that trend i think it's going to be uh a win in in favor of the golden gophers i think it's going to be 28 to 10 i just don't think they're going to cover uh you know 20 and a half points could be wrong but i think the golden gophers uh i think there's a lot of things going I think that they're going to beat Eastern Michigan. Like I said, a weird game where you had a conference opponent the first week. But then you have North Carolina next week on the road, which is a difficult game. Maybe a look-ahead game uh, could get a little bit tighter like the Toledo-Illinois game. So that's why I am going uh, 28-10 in favor of Minnesota. Last game, and quite honestly, uh, my favorite game of the week. Now, I love Illinois-Kansas. I love Nebraska-Colorado. And this game, Wisconsin taking on Washington State, is so intriguing to me. And I don't know. As I'm saying this, I still don't have a prediction. I am still thinking through this game. And I don't know. Like, honestly, it's on ABC. Luke Fickle has the pedigree. He has been here before. He played in the... Right, the the playoff, whatever you whatever it was, right? They they took on Alabama. Uh, they were a lesser team. They weren't going to beat them, but he's still been there. Washington State fighting against relegation. Nobody wants them or Oregon State, and it I believe it is playing well in the locker room. Washington State came out and absolutely destroyed Colorado State. Cameron Ward, uh, he was a, uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, prospect at uh, Incarnate Ward that we talked about just previously uh, follows his head coach when he takes the offensive coordinator position at Wazoo and this team can straight up put up numbers Uh, and and really as I'm looking at, at Wazoo I like them I do. The thing is, I just like Wisconsin a little bit better. Last year, Washington State went to Madison 14 to 17. They got the win against the Badgers. You know, the, the sky was falling for the Badgers. Now, can the Badgers go to Pullman? Pullman, Washington. If you guys don't know where that is, if you don't even know where Spokane is, a lot of people know where Spokane is or they've heard of Spokane because of Gonzaga. Spokane is not a big city. Bend to Spokane. Not a very big city. Eastern Washington, right on the border uh, with Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We're talking, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half drive from uh, from the Canadian border. Uh, maybe, you know, half an hour drive from Idaho, if you, if you, you know, depending on which route you take, right? But they, it, it is further removed. Pullman is further removed than that. It is outside of Spokane. 
And I think the town is going to turn up. I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Like I said, them facing a quote-unquote relegation. Their offense absolutely humming. But I think this Badgers defense is just going to be a little bit gnarlier. It's just going to be a little bit better. I think there's going to be a little bit more crisp on offense, a little bit more crisp on defense. I think they're going to be able to control the clock ever so slightly uh, with uh, Braylon Allen and uh, Ches Malusi. I think this is a wonderful game. I think it's going to be high scoring. We saw that Wisconsin can score. Uh, I think Tanner Mordecai is going to be the one that, that manages this game. I think it's going to be put on his shoulders towards the end of the game to make the decisions. I think that Cameron Ward is just a little bit more of a, a gunslinger. I just think he, he takes a few more risks, and those risks might pay off. But I think that Wisconsin is going to force a late turnover, and I think that they're going to get the win in Pullman and get revenge on them coming to Madison and getting the win last year. I think it's going to be 35-31, one of my absolute favorite games of the weekend to watch. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that the Charlotte Maryland isn't isn't just riveting television, but this Wisconsin team taking on this Washington State team is absolutely intriguing. Cannot wait for it. So this has been our recap, or I guess recap, uh, recap from week one, I guess a little bit. But no, this has been our preview for week two. It has been a pleasure to talk to you guys. Uh, obviously, of course, uh, as we're giving out gambling lines and stuff like that, always, you know, gamble what you, what you can. Uh, don't gamble more than what you, or money you don't have. There's always help, uh, if you guys need it. Uh, this is not gambling advice. This is just what we would be doing. We're giving out predictions the best we can for you guys. That's I, I like to give predictions and because so many people are betting, I'm like, hey, you know what? It's going to be 35 to 3 or whatever. This is what I would do. That's kind of uh, where we're taking this approach. Again, thank you guys so much for this, for the support on this podcast. We're continuing to pump out absolutely amazing numbers and this conference is only growing. We're only going to be growing and I cannot wait for this next weekend of college football. Awesome slate. Let me know guys what you think. Be sure to follow us on, on uh, Twitter or X, I guess if that's what it's called, tell your family, tell your friends about us. Uh, and then let us know, uh, write into us, let us know, uh, what you guys want to hear questions. You might want to have answered after this uh, week one slate. I believe on uh, Sunday night, we're going to be doing a mailbag. So get your answers submitted, uh, Saturday as a games play or Friday. If you're Illinois, uh, slash Indiana fans love to, to discuss everything with you guys thank you so much until next weekend enjoy another great weekend of college football especially big 10 football